Dan Bongino. You want the truth? Come to this podcast. You want someone to BS you and be full of crap? Go to a political rally. The Dan Bongino Show. We have to call it what it is, and we have to stop being delicate about it. Get ready to hear the truth about America. We're not like the leftists. The conservatives don't need safe spaces. They don't need lollipops and coloring books and teddy bears. I'm good, okay? On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, sitting back and watching, baby. I'm doing okay. Hey, uh, listen, I got a lot of emails uh, from people. And I really, really appreciate this. I, I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart saying, hey, you know, on Labor Day. Uh, so just so you know, the genesis of this comment I'm about to make is that people are saying, oh, you don't have to work on Labor Day and produce a product. And we appreciate you doing it. And, you know, there's a hurricane bearing down mm-hmm. like on my house here in uh, uh, down here in the Treasure Coast on the East Coast of Florida. And I got a lot of really nice emails saying, hey, you know, take a break. And uh, you know, on a personal note, folks, if you'll allow me for just a moment, I know this is a substance-based show, and I don't like to waste a lot of your time with a lot of personal crap, you know, but um, you guys and ladies out there are everything to me. This is this is what I do now. I was a cop. I, I was a business owner. I was a Secret Service agent. I was an author. I still write books, but this is my life. My life is I love what I do, mm-hmm. and Joe and I both feel like we have an obligation to produce a product every working day of the week. Now, I take the weekends off, not really because I need them off, but because you do. And some people just don't want to listen to politics on the weekend. That's the only reason. I don't take weekdays off ever. Um, I am going to try my hardest through this hurricane to get a product and a good one up for you. Uh, Joe and I will keep you updated. Um, But if I don't have power, I can't do a podcast. My wife and my kids left. They are up in Maryland. We're looking at a pretty potentially devastating landfall if it comes near us. Maybe not. Uh, some of the new tracks show it going out towards the Atlantic Ocean, but Irma's a big storm. Um, I buttoned up my house yesterday. I have accordion shutters. I sealed them shut. And my office right now is completely dark uh, outside of the little overhead light for my studio here because I have the shutters closed, so no daylight's getting in my house right now. <laughs> so it feels like a tomb, but it's a lonely place. Usually my wife is around when I'm recording, but I feel an obligation to do this for you. And just quickly, I, again, I don't want to waste any of your time, but you guys and ladies work hard. Joe and I, what we do is not hard. It's not. I love what I do. I love my audience and I feel an obligation. The people out there, it, now it's challenging, but it's not hard. I grew up tough. You know, it was a lot of, there was some, some child abuse stuff. There was some, I mean, I, a lot of, I don't talk about it on the air because it gets me kind of, but if it's in my, you know, I wrote about it a little bit. It's in a book I wrote. Uh, I didn't get into too much detail. But I used to dig ditches in a cemetery. You know, I used to work in a store where the, it, they had an oven that was like 600 degrees. And I used to have to go up in the attic where and, and get bottles out to refill a stock shelf and to get the bottles out because the attic was only like four feet. You had to crawl around. I got a hernia in my back from trying to lift heavy cases of Snapple iced tea all the time doing it. That's hard work. This isn't hard. You work hard. You deserve a content producer that's going to show up every damn day and give you a product. I don't care if it's a hurricane, if it's a holiday, it's going to be there. This show is going to be there for you all the time. If you choose to listen, that's perfectly fine. That's up to you. You want to take a holiday on your holidays? I totally understand. But this show is going to be there for you. And I deeply appreciate all the compliments. But please, don't worry about me. I like what I do. We enjoy it. So sorry about that long two, three minute. Uh, but I get a lot of those emails. And that's why. That's why I re- I'm not taking any days off. So appreciate it. Yep. All right. <sighs> Love you guys and ladies. You're the best. Oh, man. It's really, it's tough. Because <laughs> I like <laughs> you guys so much. I, I, I get very emotional about this kind of stuff. 
So um, I saw a couple stories today I thought were fascinating. One I read was just kind of blowing me away because it's something we've been talking about for a couple of days. And it, it speaks to a whole larger narrative on the left, which is, you know, the fatal conceit, the pretense of knowledge. In other words, the idea amongst liberal academics and elitists and, and sadly a growing uh, radicalized group of far leftists that people in government, Joe, know things that you don't. They're smarter than you and therefore oh, yeah. they should have your money, you know, mm. your health care mm. and control of your kids' education. You know, Absolutely. what what. What Dayek would call, again, the fatal conceit, this idea, again, that they're smarter than you. So there was a great, great piece, which I'm sorry, again, it's Wall Street Journal. I don't know if it's subscriber only because I'm a subscriber. So when I click on it, it comes up. But I'm going to put it in the show notes at Bongino.com. Sorry, I didn't get an email out yesterday. Hurricanes caused a lot of chaos in my house. I'm trying to get gas. It's just a pain in the butt. But. I will get. I will try to get it out today, but it's it's all available on Bongino.com either way. If you want to check out the show notes, but this article is terrific because it ties in this idea of, of the pretense of knowledge, and it is amazing that Hillary Clinton is back again with this book. What happened? And she's blaming who? I'm going to tie this together for you, so just follow me. She's blaming now Bernie Sanders. So Joe for her <laughs> loss. It was the Russians. It was yeah. what was it? Moldovian server farms or something macedonian no macedonian Macedonian. server farms it was uh the dnc uh was debbie wasserman schultz or whatever she's blamed everybody and their mother for her loss besides herself she was a crap candidate right so she's got this book coming out called what happened and in the book and this piece is so good i'm like so excited to talk about i can't even get my thoughts out straight in the book she blames bernie sanders and she says the gist of her complaint is that Every time she put out a policy, Bernie Sanders, Joe, would one up her in the policy and she had no retort because her claim is that Bernie Sanders, there's no way he could make this stuff happen. He was just doing it. You know, everybody knows the one upper, right? You're at a party. You're like, I just got this Raptor. It's a really great truck. I love the Raptor, by the way. Guy goes, oh, I got a GMC thing. And, it was, and you know the one-upper? Everybody yeah, hates yeah. the one-upper. Her complaint is that Bernie was the one-upper on policy and that there was no way he could pay for it. So if she said, we're going to do a $12 an hour national minimum wage, Bernie said, it's going to be 15 If she said, you know, uh, quote, free college for dreamers, Bernie said, free college for everyone, <laughs> right? If, for if, everyone. Right, free for everybody. If she said, we're going to expand Obamacare, Bernie said, free health care for everyone. Now, Mrs. Clinton's <laughs> complaining about this in her book saying, how do you compete with that? Like she destroyed, he destroyed my reputation because he was the, he was the political one-upper. And I thought this was absolutely genius. This, this, uh, this, this thing by James Freeman in the Wall Street Journal. He says, and this has been a common theme of this show, mm. he makes the greatest analogy I think I have ever seen, Joe, in print. I'm not kidding. That's not hyperbolic. I read it this morning. I was getting my wife off to the airport at 4 o'clock in the morning. I read it with groggy eyes and a groggier brain. I was like, holy, this is terrific. <laughs> he says, this is it. This is the problem with the Democrat Party. And Mrs. Clinton doesn't even get it. She's exposing liberals right now for what they are, Joe. And he gives, remember the movie mm. Something About Mary? Mm. Do you remember that movie? Cameron no. Diaz, Ben Stiller? 
Yeah. It was great comedy, hysterical, one of the few comedies I ever left at. There's a scene in this comedy, <laughs> Something About Mary, where uh, Ben Stiller picks up a hitchhiker, and the guy's like a killer. He's a murderer. I, I mean, it's meant to be funny in the scene, although it sounds crazy. And the guy's crazy, and he talks about this great idea he has, Joe. He has the greatest idea ever. And Ben Stiller's listening, like he knows the guy's nuts now, and he's like regretting picking him up. And the guy goes... You know that thing, Eight Minute Abs? Remember Eight Minute Abs, Joe, the video? <laughs> yeah. He goes, I got an idea. Seven Minute Abs. And Ben Stiller's like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever... Seven minutes. If you could do Eight Minute Abs, this guy's got an idea. Seven Minute Abs. <laughs> so Ben Stiller's talking to the guy. And he goes, dude, um, that's like kind of dumb, right? Because then why doesn't somebody just come out with then Six Minute Abs? And the guy scratches his head. And he's like, I don't know. Six... <laughs> Now you say, what the hell does this have to do with Hillary Clinton, one-upsmanship, liberals, the fatal conceit, and the lack of knowledge? Well, this is what I think we do differently in the show, right? He makes the point, Freeman, and then you threw the analogy, that that's the Democrat Party. They feed on ignorance, just like eight-minute abs did. It's a great analogy. I know it sounds silly, but it's really terrific. Yeah. If Joe, if you believe... Yeah. That I work out, I love to work out, I'm big into diet nutrition. If you really believe that an eight-minute workout is going to give you a six-pack of abs, you're out of your freaking mind. Ain't happening, baby. It ain't happening. So if you're a sucker enough to believe in eight-minute abs, you're surely a sucker enough to believe in seven-minute abs. The seven-minute ab guy is the Bernie Sanders. He's the one-upper. You can do eight-minute abs, I can do seven. But do you understand, Joe, do you see what I'm getting at? They both rely on one thing. Mm-hmm. You not understanding that neither seven or eight minute abs is even possible. <laughs> he makes this analogy to the Democrat Party, and it was so good. And again, forgive me for keeping like teasing it because it's like, all right, this is the Democrats. They sell you things like eight minute abs that if you're dumb enough to believe them, you're setting yourself up for the seven minute ab guy. <laughs> when you sell a $12 an hour minimum wage, an idea so ridiculous on its face that the government mandating people to pay more is going to make society richer. I, folks, I've done whole shows on it. I'm not going to, this show's not about the minimum wage. You, you can listen to my library. It's been debunked a thousand times over. It is, it's not even common sense. But if you believe the government could make people richer, then why not mandate a $20 an hour minimum wage? Seven minute abs. <laughs> why not a $25 an hour minimum wage? Six minute abs. Why not a $50 an hour minimum wage? Four minute abs. Why not a hundred thousand a year for everyone? Two minute abs. I mean, we're getting reductio ad absurdum here. I get it that I'm making a point through absurdity. But the absurdity is real. It was, Joe, tell me that's not a killer analogy. No, easy to follow, right on the money. Because you know how how a common theme of this show from day one, and someone sent me a nice email yesterday, which I deeply appreciate. Forgive me, I don't remember your name right now. But he said, I went back and listened to your entire library, which is quite a feat for a new listener. It's over 500. I know, Joe. I don't even think Joe and I remember the whole library. He listened to the entire library. And he said, Dan, if you go back and listen now, he was amazing how many of your predictions came true. Hmm. He's like, bingo. Like, go back and listen. You're going to be, it's eerie. But this is it. Like, one of the predictions through the show we've always made is how the fatal conceit, the lack of knowledge on the left. 
how people don't understand policy was ultimately going to tie their hands in the long run because you're promising eight minute abs and it's never going to happen. Obamacare was never going to cut a family's health care cost by $2,500. You were never going to be allowed to keep your plan. Eventually, this was all going to boomerang because you're going to do the eight-minute abs workout and it's not going to work. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait, I don't have a six-pack. I have a 22-pack of lard, of Crisco. It never worked. It is such a beautiful analogy about the problems on the left. This, this, the fatal conceit, the idea that people in D.C. have the knowledge and the power to give you eight-minute abs sets them up for the seven-minute ab guy. And that's what Bernie Sanders did to Hillary Clinton. She's absolutely right, by the way. Joe, nothing mm. she's... Uh, I'm not telling you she's lying. Right. What I'm telling you is Freeman beautifully points out that not only is she not lying, she's ignorant to the larger umbrella truth, what we would call on the show the why. She doesn't understand the why. Like, the why matters. Like, why did this work? Why was she won up by the seven-minute ab guy when she's the eight-minute ab girl? Because she was saying things that were unbelievable and uh, ridiculous. We're going to come in there and we're going to cut the costs of healthcare. The government can't do that. It has no power to do that. It doesn't have the knowledge to do that, ladies and gentlemen. If the healthcare industry, doctors, hospitals, nurses, administrative employees, hospital managers, insurance companies, that their very livelihood depends on producing an effectively priced product that people like. If they can't do it, what makes you think someone in government with zero knowledge of that arena, of that sphere, can do that? Why do you believe that? Uh, let me give you another simple analogy I thought of before the show. All right. Would you trust a government bureaucrat to manage your favorite baseball team? Uh, uh, I mean, it sounds silly, Joe. You and I are like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But when you, I have to tie this with emotions because sometimes to counter the emotions of the left, they're so in love with government that they don't let they, that reason never gets in the way of their emotion. They love government. It's they, they genuflect at the altar of government. But when you tie it to sports, maybe it'll make sense to people on the left. Why wouldn't you let a government bureaucrat manage your favorite baseball team? Now you Joe laugh because the obvious answer is they don't know squat about baseball. Right. Folks, they don't know squat about healthcare either. What? I don't get it. Oh, they know about the oil industry. They know <laughs> about technology. They know about net neutrality and the IT industry. They don't know any of this. And yet you're entrusting them to run the United States economy. This is absurd. You are, if you are a liberal, you are the eight minute ab guy. You're, you're selling a nonsensical plan that is never going to work, that preys on people's ignorance. I'm telling you, I've been working out my whole life. When I saw 8-Minute Abs and the Thigh Master come out, I laughed. And I knew it was going to sell. Because, sadly, there's a large swath of people, similar to liberals, by the way, who are seeking an answer but don't want to do the homework. I'm sorry. I know that doesn't sound cute. And I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm really not. And the media is not helping by feeding people garbage, inf- garbage information, telling people that eight-minute abs works. That's what they do with liberalism. They tell you, oh, tax cuts don't work. They will never give you any data to back that up because they don't have it. But folks, there's a group of people out there, liberals, who are emotionally seeking a better tomorrow. I get that. They don't want to be worse off. 
but they don't want to do the hard work of serious policy analysis. So they go right to the emotion. We need to help poor people. Well, let's just tell the government to pay them more. Okay. Well, what is that going to do? Well, it's going to up the employer's costs. Well, what's that going to do? It's going to cause them to raise prices. Well, what's that going to do? It's going to make people spend more money on basic food products. Well, what's that going to do? Well, it's going to make people poorer. But I thought the whole goal was to make people richer by paying them more. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't really do that. That's where the conservatives have to take over and be the adults in the room. We're not the eight-minute ab guys. We're not. We're the guys and ladies who are going to go to the gym. And let me give you the hard news. You want abs? Folks, I say this with no air of pretension at all. I got a pretty damn good set of abs for a 42-year-old dude. I work out hard. And you know what? It sucks. Every day it sucks. You want to know the truth? You want to get ripped? You want, a, you want 18-inch arms? You want forearms that look like Popeye? You want a six-pack of abs? It sucks. Get to the gym. Get under the kettlebell. Do your Tabata sprints. Get your heart rate above 180. Deadlift. Squat. Do weighted pull-ups. Bench really heavy. Lift stuff overhead. Sprint as fast as you can. Jump as high as you can. Do it five days a week. Then stretch yourself out in a sauna afterwards and sweat your cajones off for 20 minutes afterwards. My workouts are two hours a day, four to five days a week, plus grappling on the weekends, which leaves me aching in pain Every day of my life, I may die. I'm not, I may die of our, I'm not going to die of pain. I have a lot of arthritis, but damn it. I'm not going to die of, of any kind of like obesity related disorder. Cause I didn't take care of myself. It sucks. There's no eight minute abs. There's no, the government will pay people more because they said so. Well, the government's just going to spend money on infrastructure. Therefore, we're going to create more jobs. Where'd the money come from? That's the guy like us who has to tell you the truth. There's no eight-minute abs. Now, folks, I'm serious. It sucks. It's not a workout show. Oh, I'm still considering that on the weekends, Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing a show called Rough Cuts with Joe, uh, (laughs) with some stuff, you know, that we really enjoy talking about outside of politics. But I'm telling you, you want to get ripped and shredded? It is directly correlated with the amount of pain. I mean, raw pain you put in the gym. You want to talk about pain? Go, go get a deadlift bar, right? Stack yourself on a, under a deadlift bar and do a set with your, your, 80, represent, your 80 rep max. Do oh. a set of 20. Breathing deadlifts where you got to take like a minute between each rep at the end. You are going to want to throw up your guts into a bucket. Yeah. It sucks. Do a set of Zercher squats where you do, you pick your 10 rep max and you do 20. 20. Meaning you're like, (gasps) 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 but I'm not kidding. That's the actual sound you make at rep 18. When you're like, I can't possibly be hurting anymore right now. You know, sit under a guy in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class who is whooping your caboose in a most brutal way possible. You can't breathe. You've been rolling around now for 25 minutes. His gi is on top of you, covering your nose, so you feel like you're suffocating. Your head is in his armpit, and he is literally choking the life out of you, and you don't want to tap. You want to be a badass? Go get on the mat. You want to look like a badass? Go get under the damn bar. 
And to clarify for the listener, the gi is the clothing worn during yeah, the grapple. Yes, yeah, so that's good, good. Good. That's why you're the audience on budget. There you go. And in jujitsu, they're super thick, so you really can't breathe when it hovers over your face. It sucks. There is no eight-minute abs. Now, so I because I like to tie things to current events, and obviously Freeman's piece was about the current event of Hillary Clinton's book. She's now blaming Bernie. I thought to myself, gosh, this is a deeper story than even Freeman may understand, right? But ah, maybe not. Maybe he's a very smart guy. But Bloomberg has a piece out today, which I'll put in the show notes, proving my point to tie in a couple stories. I I brought up that email about predictions on the show intentionally. Nothing here is done uh, unintentionally. I'm watching Fox, by the way, and there's a woman giving a speech, a congressman, and the microphone is on a stand. I don't know if you guys are seeing this latest. And the microphone, they didn't, they didn't screw the thing in right, and it's going down and down and down. Yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't tighten it up. It's hysterical. I'm watching this now. Um, yeah, it's just a good joke. Um, but one of the stories I saw in Bloomberg about the knowledge problem, how Democrats don't have the knowledge to institute an eight-minute abs program, so they have to rely on manipulation, which eight-minute abs did you know minimum wage everybody's gonna get more it's the same thing there's a knowledge problem with planners as well so to be clear where i'm going with this on one end with the eight minute abs thing i'm talking about democrats manipulating the net the lack of knowledge on behalf of liberals to get eight minute abs pushed through which minimum wage is it's eight minute abs it's something that can't work but sounds good eight minute abs Minimum wage? We're all going to get a raise because of the government? Yeah, this is great. That relies on the lack of knowledge and a manipulation by people who do know better. Folks, I'm telling you, I've had these conversations, right? Most elected Democrats who push minimum wage know it doesn't work. They totally understand. Now they're taking the mic off. This is great. They know it doesn't work. They handed it to her because they can... It doesn't work. They know that. They're just relying on manipulating your lack of knowledge. The other problem with liberalism is the pretense of knowledge on behalf of the people who are elected or or are in the government bureaucracy. In other words, voters who are liberals can be very dumb. They believe in eight-minute abs. But what's even worse is that people who are elected, some of them, not only manipulate people, but some of them actually do believe they can institute eight-minute abs. Now, this is coming up because a Bloomberg piece about Harvey and a prediction I made the other day. What did I tell you? Zoning was going to be the new thing. Right. Here's an article from Bloomberg. Harvey wasn't just bad weather. It was bad city planning. Uh, here we go. Oh. There we go. What did we say? I'm not taking any credit for this. I'm just telling you on this show, there's nothing I can predict better than the far left. I've read entire books. There's a really good book. On the left, but it's an older book by a guy, Dan Flynn. It's called The Conservative History of the American Left. Read the book. It's a long book, but it's a really, really good. I was, I'm always better promoting other people's stuff than my own. But it's a good book. Read books like that, and you'll always be able to predict what the left is going to do because the left is easy to predict because they think they know better than you. And they don't. Now, it's amazing that, again, the zoning thing. Oh, now, now Houston, it was a zoning problem. This is incredible. They're saying now that the zoning and the lack of planning by government officials led to this this flooding in Houston, which, as I pointed out in shows this week, is absurd. Houston has more pervious surface 
not and less impervious surfaces than a lot of major liberal cities that have extensive planning. So I'm not sure where you're going with this. Now, in the piece, they make some other articles about canals and drainage and things like that. But folks, that is totally, completely not correlated to central planners' ability to fix these things at all. New York is and New Jersey are are central planners, socialist central, Joe. And Hurricane Sandy nearly de- decimated most of those areas. They right. were a lot of those were planned. So you may say to yourself, if if Bloomberg is making the connection here, and if I lose you, Joe, let me know. All right. If Bloomberg is trying to make the connection because these liberal writers have an agenda, and I don't know if these writers are liberal or just suckers, mm-hmm. but if their agenda here on the but the left's agenda is clear is to push the idea that government planners would have solved this problem, mm-hmm. then Joe, how come they didn't? Four minute glutes. Four. <laughs> Dad, now let me tell you, that's that's a good. Dad, we got to we got to start writing these down. We need them. Four minute glutes. Four minute glutes. <laughs> Government planners would have done it. Four minute glutes, but they didn't. You did the four minute glutes, and you're like, wow, my butt is still uh still, yeah. still as fat as it was the day before. Nothing changed yeah. at all. It's not shapely. Four minute glutes. It didn't happen. You had Superstorm Sandy in an extensive government socialist, nearly socialist run regimes or semi <laughs> semi socialist regimes. And the damage was as extensive was 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 extensive as well. Yeah. So if your premise is that planners would have fixed it, I'm just making a very simple statement of fact or based more of a question. Then why didn't they? Now. Again, this is based on the premise, so we're clear that the government officials have some special class of knowledge that Houstonians didn't. And if you would have just let government planners plan the city, they would have planned it and none of this flooding would have occurred, at least not at the levels it did. But folks, there's no evidence to back that up at all. Now, you may say why, because this is important on this show. The why matters. Why do government planners, why can't they do it? Because, folks, it comes down to two things, knowledge and incentives. Number one, government planners have no special class of knowledge. There is no set of facts out there on flood-prone areas, on climate science, that you can't access as easily as government planners can. And none of it's top secret. You can go on the internet. You can start a study. You can access the stuff. The information is out there for anyone to see. The government has no special class of knowledge at all. But what's the secondary problem? Why didn't planners in New York and New Jersey stop the flooding and the damage from Hurricane, uh, from a Superstorm Sandy. Why? Why didn't they? Because, folks, the incentives are all wrong for government. As I've said to you repeatedly, probably 200 plus times on this show, the government and bureaucrats who work in the government do not care about your money when they buy things because it's not their money. It's your money. They take your money to taxes. They did not earn it. Someone who earns a dollar is always going to care more how it's spent better than someone who just took the dollar and gets it basically for free from someone else. Mm -hmm. Secondly, the government doesn't buy things for itself. It buys things for the government. In other words, when lawmaker Jones or lawmaker Joey Bag of Donuts goes and buys something, He's not buying it for himself. He's buying it for the military. He's buying it for the courts. He's buying it for votes. He's buying an infrastructure package in his district. It's not his. If it works out or not, doesn't affect him at all. Maybe through the votes later on, but very rarely. 
Everybody loves pork because nobody follows up on it. You want to build a bridge to nowhere? Fine, great, go right ahead. Nobody cares. It's not your money. So not only does the government not have any special knowledge when it comes to building up Houston to some special flood-resistant area, it doesn't have the incentive to do it either. I ask you again, if government planners can plan better than the private, free market, free Americans can on their own, why don't they? Why do you have zero evidence? Now, do you have zero evidence that this is no evidence at all? This is true. Even worse, Joe, Mm. I took a couple notes about some some natural disasters and hat tip to Kevin Williamson, a national review. He put this in one of his books. These were, you want to talk about government planning, not only not helping, but actually destroying the environment and making it worse. Here are some examples. Again, planners are supposed to, Joe, they would have, they would have done Houston so much differently than, the, than this, this, this Wild West building going on, what we call economic freedom and liberty. Here are some disasters that happened in economies that were totally planned, like socialist economies where the government owns the means of production. Chernobyl. Remember Chernobyl, the nuclear disaster in the Soviet Union? That was planned. That was a planned. I mean, it was a planned economy. No one planned Chernobyl. But again, if a planned economy can do things so much better because the government has a better incentive and more knowledge, what happened there? You may say, well, well, it happened in the United States, too. I'm not making that point that it doesn't happen. You're making the point that planners do it better. I'm telling you you're wrong. They don't. I'm not telling you the free market and economic liberty doesn't have some downsides. People make mistakes. Sure. You're making the point that planners do it better and don't make mistakes. You're wrong. Oh, you would say, Dan, Chernobyl, that's one example. Oh, oh, no, no, I got more. I got more. The Three Gorges Dam? What about the Pemex disaster in Mexico? Mm. What about the Yangtze's River? What about the Aral Sea drying up? What about the pollution levels in China right now? Wait, I, I thought the government does it better. You ever been to China? You ever no. been there, Joe? No. I've been to China. Good luck walking, going for a mile and a half run in Beijing. Mm. You'll be like, ah! remember like I told you with the Zercher squat on rep yeah. number 18? <laughs> Go do a mile and a half run in Beijing at a leisurely pace. You're going to be like, ah! the air is like thick with soot. When I was there, at least. Maybe they've cleaned it up since. It's been a while. So to be fair to the Chinese, I haven't been back in a while. But I'm telling you, when I was there, it was bad. Really bad. I went there with Michael Chertoff, the DHS secretary. They wouldn't even run outside. But I thought planners did it better. That's a planned economy. Do you understand how your premise is completely absurd? We are not making the case that the free market doesn't have a downside. You're making the case that planning has an upside with no evidence at all to back up that assertion. Eight-minute abs, four-minute glutes. Joe says, <laughs> that's funny. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at My Patriot Supply. Guys, ladies, I don't, I mean, it's a, this is an inopportune time, but I'm sitting in the middle of a potential uh, direct hit here. So, um, you know, I say this uh, with, 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 uh, absolute, uh, with absolutely pure heart. You have got to be prepared. I've got 30 gallons of gas right now in my garage. I've got about 50 boxes of ammo. I've got five or six cases of water, an entire refrigerator stacked with Gatorade and Pedialyte. Call me crazy. I don't care. I am not going down like that. You have got to be prepared. I implore you. 
please support our sponsors, not just because they're good sponsors, but because it's good for you. I am really hoping, and so are our friends at My Patriot Supply who sell emergency food, by the way, that you never need their product ever. The best day of our life is the day you throw it out in 25 years because that's how long their food is good for. In 25 years, if you throw it out to the curb, great. And I'll bet they would tell you the same thing. But sadly, the chances of that happening in 25 years and you not needing it grow a little bit shorter each day. We got the new, we got the Norks uh, now talking North Koreans talking about hydrogen bombs. I mean, you've got uh, you know natural disasters. You got potential civil disturbance. Folks, have a box of emergency food. It's just 99 bucks. Please go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com and pick up a box. Put me at ease. Put you at ease. It's good for 25 years. Hopefully, you'll never need it. Better to have it and not need it. For $99, that's it, than to need it and not have it. I've got tons of boxes of it now. I am good for a long time. And believe me, I don't regret the decision one bit. And by the way, they sent me, I'm I'm being candid here. They sent me one box for free. Mm -hmm. But just because you have a sponsor doesn't mean like they send you endless supplies of free stuff. They don't. Right. Some do, some don't. I go back and buy it. Like, I don't I don't even care. I don't, that's it. It's that important. I wanted a box for free, by the way. Just take a picture of it from my Instagram because it's an ad. It's, it, I, this is a sponsor I support myself, even though they sponsor my show. So please, preparewithdan.com. Pick up a box of emergency food today. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. All you need is water to prepare it. Really important. All right, where do we go? Oh, here we go. Uh, Virgin Islands, Joe. Hmm. Uh, did you talk about this story on CBM this morning? The morning uh, show? have something to do with guns? Yes, guns, guns. Now, yes, we did. <laughs> you may remember the Virgin Islands has come up in this show before. Remember, Joe, the story we did about Exxon and the Attorney General in the Virgin Islands suing uh, Exxon? <laughs> Folks, there's a story about the Virgin Islands that should really, I kid you not, freak you out completely. The governor of the Virgin Islands, this guy, Kenneth Mapp, there is a, a human tragedy unfolding there with the hurricane. And he issued an emergency order allowing his National Guard to go and seize the weapons and firearms of private citizens because they may need them in the event of an emergency. Folks, it's, you know, again, uh, I did a show, gosh, I don't know, a year and a half ago, maybe in the first hundred with Gail Trotter. She was mm-hmm. one of the few guests I've ever had on the show. Remember that? We recorded that in my basement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I'm pretty sure during the show, the idea came up of a government registry and government lists. If it didn't, I'm sorry, I think because I've spoken to Gail about it so many times. I'm not sure if it came up in the show or not, but this is the problem. This is the problem. This is why you never trust government with that kind of information. So now they've got a list. Now they're knocking on your door. So now when you need it most, Joe... In the event of, God forbid, a civil disturbance, say the power goes out for three to four months, you know, we, what do they say? We're only four missed meals away from chaos. Uh, you know, what is it, Havelock Ellis, who said, you know, it's a civilization's a thin crust on a volcano. We're, we're always a few minutes away from revolution, right? When you need it most in the event of a disaster, the government comes and knocking on your door and goes, hey, by the way, that AR you have and that pistol, yeah, we're going to need that. Um, no, no thanks. Thank you. And then they go, well, I got 40 guys outside in the truck that are armed to the teeth, and uh, we're going to need that. Folks, do not ever, ever trust liberals, ever, with your guns or your registry. Or do not, um, because this is what happens. This is what inevitably happens when things break bad. Is it going to happen in the United States? Thankfully, I doubt it. 
but I don't doubt it enough to trust them with a national firearms registry. Absolutely not. Don't ever forget this story because the next time your liberal friends go, ah, that's crazy. There should be a registry of firearms. We need to know who has the guns. Why do you need to know? Why? Because you want to take them? No, people aren't going to take them. Well, really, that's interesting because the U.S. territory in the Virgin Islands, U.S. Um, uh, the governor map over there, that's exactly what they did. Oh, well, well, that's in the Virgin Islands. Yeah, well, it happened. So don't tell me it doesn't happen. Now, one more, the reason I brought that up, too, is because we did a show in the past about the attorney general over there yep. in the Virgin Islands who wanted to sue Exxon because he didn't like the outcome of their climate science research and basically was trying to like get a, get a, get money out of Exxon. So, you know, you can't trust these liberals. They'll just they're they're just they will manipulate the power of government to impact both business and individual liberty. And just don't trust them. They cannot be trusted. They have a control agenda and that's it. When you accept that, you know, you'll fully understand what's going on. All right, where do we go next? All right, uh, what is the sponsor today? Uh, brought to you by, also uh, brought to you by Brickhouse Nutrition. I was in the gym yesterday, took a nice shot of their creatine product before. Got uh, 300 on the bench for a couple more reps than usual. Their product is called Foundation. I love this product. It's a creatine ATP mix. Now, creatine is a short-term kind of a, it's, it's like a, sh- you have anaerobic and aerobic uh, capabilities to generate energy. Creatine helps in that. It gives you the ability to do more, to do more work in the gym. But it also has a nice effect on your physique because it gives you more like muscle volume. Go check it out. The product's called Foundation. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. And I'm, I'm, I'm confident in the product. I'm so confident, as a matter of fact, that I only ask you to do this. Take the mirror test, right? Look in the mirror. See how you look before you take the product, right? Give it about seven days. The product takes about that long to load. You can store it. And then after about seven days of a couple workouts and stuff, go look in the mirror again. You're going to see you look totally different. I mean, far better. Check it out. I've gotten nothing but compliments, especially one of the cop friends of mine, my uh, former cop friends in New York. He loves this stuff. Products called Foundation. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go pick up a bottle of Foundation today. You'll be a dynamo in the gym. You'll get a few extra reps after a while. So go check it out. All right, what else? Oh, oh, here's a doozy. Um, net nude. So net neutrality comes up all the time on this show. Oh, I'm getting texts yeah. on the show. Yep. I was, yeah, I was supposed to fill in tonight for someone, but he's coming back. Okay. This, uh, this show is like a total stream of consciousness. I love it yes. how we do this. We're leaving right. this in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think I'm getting a text from a radio guy. So- Net neutrality is another example of the pretense of knowledge, the idea that government officials can do things and regulate things better than the private market, although the government has no substantial, you know, either 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 uh, intrinsic or extrinsic knowledge about this this arena than the people who are actually in the IT field. Now, net neutrality, folks, I get it. I get I totally understand. Listen, I, I'm I'm cool with the fact that a lot of conservatives and liberals both feel strongly. I get it. I respect your opinion. I get a lot of great emails. There's a liberal listener of mine sent me a great email. He loves net neutrality. I disagree. I mean, obviously, it's my show. I'm never going to lie to you. I think net neutrality is a disaster. In, 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 in essence, net neutrality is this idea that the government should be able to regulate through Title II the Internet as a communication service rather than an information service. Now, why anybody thinks government regulators know more about the Internet then the people who actually work and built the internet, I have no idea. And I'm not kidding. There are some conservatives who support this too. They're like, mm. well, what's going to happen is, 
you know, the government, if, if we don't stop this kind of stuff, then, you know, providers of internet, uh, internet service providers, Joe, they're going to have a monopoly and they're going to start shutting down websites and they're basically going to start making companies pay more. And, Man. you know, not, it's not going to treat a bit as a bit as a bit. In other words, a bit of transmission data as a, every bit should be treated equal. You know, notice the equality language, by mm-hmm. the way. Right. Yeah. Comes up all the time with the left. They yep. always frame things in terms of emotion, never reason. It's it's always emotion. They use that term equality for a reason. That's not accidental, folks. That's why I asked the conservatives and Republicans who support net neutrality, please don't be a sucker. I I, I shouldn't say that. I get it. I, I, I've gotten the emails. I understand. I'm not going to get into a deep net neutrality debate today. But again, I want to, this is an eight minute abs problem. Mm-hmm. And there's a piece in the journal today about this where they go, where they say, listen, the real problem out there and why the left, because liberals, it's largely as an organized group, Joe, liberals who are pushing for government regulation of the internet. And they're, they're, they're preying on, I think, some level of ignorance about the problem to get some conservatives to go along. Now, one of the th- premises they've used is what I just said, that, oh, well, ISPs can block sites. Now, here's a quote from the Wall Street Journal today, and it's interesting how they avoid the actual problem about blocking of information for a fake problem about ISPs doing it. Uh, And I'll put this article in the show notes today as well. It says, one problem. No one has presented a single credible case of any major internet provider censoring web content based on political beliefs. But you know who does? The very companies calling for net neutrality. Hmm. Apple, Facebook, Twitter, Google, PayPal, and other tech firms are engaged in increasingly strict political censorship through vague and subjective prohibitions on hate speech and fake news. Folks, four-minute glutes. This is a four... Net neutrality is a four-minute glutes problem to get you to believe you can develop glutes in four minutes or that the government can somehow regulate the internet better than their internet can regulate itself. Why are we falling for this? They are selling you on this idea that these ISPs are somehow going to block unpopular websites and block bits of information they don't like. When in reality, what's really going on, Joe, is Facebook, Apple, Google are blocking right now information they don't like do their monopolistic run over social media and an internet communication the internet communication ecosystem they're the ones doing this mm-hmm. do you see the bait and switch here oh yeah how this is an entire i mean another one how they so basically just to leave things i don't want to run on too long about that but the point i was making about that is net neutrality is another eight minute abs problem it, re- it it requires you to believe something that's not true in order for them to advance the agenda. The, the, again, they, it requires you to believe that this is happening on a mass scale. is a big problem. And somehow government's going to fix it when the actual problem is people like Facebook, Google, and other people censoring content. It's not the ISPs doing it. And now you introduce the government in to solve the problem, pretending they have the ability to give you abs in eight minutes or to fix the internet. They have no ability to do that at all. None, they can't fix anything. The government. The government doesn't know how to operate the internet. The government doesn't even know how to operate the government. I mean, are we serious? <laughs> government can't even fix itself. All right. Another thing I saw on this, uh, the the, uh, the knowledge problem. So last night, how they prey on, on and manipulate people based on emotion. Eight minute abs, four minute glutes. They had uh, Representative Cuellar, a Democrat from Texas, was on Tucker last night, Tucker Carlson show. I don't know if you saw this, but, you know, I love Tucker's show. He always does it. 
a really good job of dismantling these leftists. And he was very respectful, the guy. And the guy sounds like a genuinely nice guy, but he comes on. He's a Democrat from Texas, and he wanted to talk about the benefits of DACA, you know, the illegal amnesty for children who were brought here illegally into the country, the unconstitutional amnesty program. So Cuellar is trying to defend the program, and Tucker asked him a basic question. Now, I will put the Fox News Insider article in the show notes, and I strongly encourage you to watch this. Because it shows you how the Democrats play on emotions, just like eight minute abs. And the, re- the reason and the substance is never there. Tucker must ask, must have asked him, Joe, I don't know, five times. He must have said to him, OK, what then are the rules? How long do you have to be here before you're given amnesty? What age do you have to be here? Can anybody who's brought here as a kid forever now be eligible for U.S. citizenship? He would not answer the question no matter what. Because his only talking point is dreamers, 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 dreamers. But he's not willing to engage in the higher second order conversations. What next? Okay, we get it. There are some people brought here when they were young who, yes, probably through no fault of their own, who may be working in the United States. We all get that. Yeah. Okay, I don't agree with the program. I think it should go away. Okay, that's not everyone, though. That's not every case. And the, the secondary effects of that is it's going to incentivize anyone all over the world to bring their kids here, leave them here, and get them U.S. citizenship by a never-ending cycle of amnesty. Cuellar would not answer the question. Because he doesn't have a solution, folks. All he has is emotion. That's it. Dreamers. Dreamers. Working on That's all he has. He doesn't have anything else. <sighs> Again, eight-minute abs. Every, every time. Great piece by Freeman. No, really, you need to read it. All right, folks. Thanks again for all the reviews on iTunes. And I, I got to throw in an extra... Um, kind of comment today at the end here. I appreciate the reviews on Amazon. My book doesn't come out in bookstores until September 19th, but it's available on Amazon now. People have already read it. And uh, I got a couple of really, really nice reviews on Amazon. Uh, I think there's four up there now. So if you have the time uh, and you know, you've, you feel like doing it, I would appreciate a review. And uh, it really means a lot to me. Got a really nice review there from a couple of folks on Amazon. My book is called Protecting the President. So uh, thanks a lot. All right, folks, don't miss tomorrow's show. If I, I want to get to this story about government bonds and stocks, why they're going up at the same time and why this is like really kind of unprecedented. There's something going on in the economy and people having a really hard time explaining. So don't miss tomorrow's show. See you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.